Hey, Border Fuel listeners. Before we start the show, I wanted to tell you why we chose to host Border Fuel Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Two, there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Lastly, download the Anchor app for free or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Thanks for listening to the Border Fuel Podcast. Now, let's start the show. What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of Ballin' Over Beers. I am Justin Dupengeiser, and this is the PGA Bets Show. I'm joined, as always, by my guy, A.K. Howe. A.K., what's up, dude? Oh, not much. Uh, I'm watching the Celtics game and uh, just missed a NBA Top Shot pack drop, but ready to talk some golf and uh, talk about this ugly card we've got coming in. Were you close on the Top Shot? I was... 51,000 so halfway yeah I was I was 95 so I was, the, I was further away the 5k drop I was 16,000 so that stocks when you're yeah if, that's that, tough. if they would have done 25 the first time I would have got one but whatever yeah yeah I was a little far off but um we do have the uh uh NBA top shot coming coming out should be out Thursday morning we'll have that we'll be ripping packs James will be with us we'll have an NFL show out then Make sure if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's the audio version or the YouTube version, you're liking, you're subscribing, you're commenting, you're doing all that. It goes a long way towards us guys. It bumps us up in the algorithm. So our, our stuff's getting viewed a little bit more and, and that just, you know, helps us keep the lights on and keep, keep us doing this uh, fun stuff that we love to do, you know, but we're here to talk some PGA bets. Um, we're, you know, coming off of the players. Justin Thomas, pretty incredible performance there. He he was just on fire um, that last day. I, I you know Bryson and Lee Westwood were in the final group there. Couldn't really end up getting getting it done. And and we in our all of our gloriousness and masterfulness talked about how we liked Justin Thomas <laughs> on the last betting show, and then we did not end up betting him because his number went from twenty down to like eighteen and sixteen. So we didn't bet him. We talked about how we liked him though. Does that count? Yeah. Well, I mean, if we were, if New York State didn't suck yeah. and we could get access to a lot of books, I there were still books I had them at 20, but yeah. the two books I have access to in New York had them at 16. So we kind of faded them just because those four points. But yeah. right now it sounds bad, but if we lost it, we would have been geniuses. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> well, man, it's, it is what it is. I still hit Sergio first round leader, which at 71 can't scoff at that and then I got uh Siwoo Kim top 10 it was so looked like such a day good day going into it too I had Doug Kim you know 200 to 1 he was up towards the top and then he went water water and it was over his day was yeah seven but yeah it reminded me of a Fleetwood two weeks ago where he three putted inside 10 feet and went from second place down to like 17th and two holes and it's just like well that was a fun first four holes of the Sunday right exactly but uh, they have another task coming up this week. So the Honda 
Uh, PGA National, brutal course, one of the toughest tests on the entire PGA Tour. Um, new schedule kind of has them where they're sandwiched between the players and, and a WGC next weekend. So the field is just abysmal. It is just so bad up top, um, but we're going to work our way through it. So let, let's talk about it a little bit. Um, up top, you got, I'm getting the thing. Here we go. Daniel Berger, 10 to 1. Joaquin Neiman, 12. Sungjae, 12. Um, and that's all your people below 20. And then you have the range of 22 to 33 that includes Adam Scott, Lee Westwood, Shane Lowry, Russell Henley, Keegan Bradley, Taylor Gooch, and Tram, uh, Cameron Tringali, aka you taking anybody up the top because I know we've talked a little bit and I know I've seen a lot of people talk and it seems to be Joaquin Neiman and Sungjae Im are the two people that are really getting talked up and the ones that people really like. Yeah, if you look historically at this course, it's generally someone at the top that wins it, but with it being uh, moved this year and it not being as strong a field, who knows if that's still going to be the case, but I still really like Neiman. Um, one of the books we can use has him at 16 to 1, so that's a lot better than the 12 that uh, Seneca Casino has it at that you're looking at. So right now I'm pretty heavy on Neiman. Um, I do like him as well, but I would rather just take the 16 to 1 versus 12 to 1 with Neiman over him there. And then the guys in the 20s and 30s that I normally like betting, I really don't like their values there. I would rather pay up for Neiman, which is something I never like to do. So, No, you definitely don't. Um, I'm, I'm with you on Neiman. I think we talked earlier in the week. He's somebody I, I liked last week. I actually bet on him last week. I thought it was a good spot. And I think he's, he's, he's a player that just plays well in bad weather and bad and tough conditions, which it looks like it could be windy, which is another reason why this, this course is so difficult is that, you know, Florida course, wind, tight Bermuda grasses. Um, I think he sets up well for it. And I, I think I, I got to make the decision if I want to bet on like him up top at 16 and then, you know, maybe not make the same, the same mistake we did with Justin Thomas where we liked him up top and then just didn't end up betting him. But I, I'm right there with you. The other guy that I kind of liked in that range that we talked about was um, Russell Henley. So Henley's 28. He, 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 Comes out pretty good in my stat model. Um, he's $9,800 in DK. So he's one of the top uh, five or six priced guys, but he, he had a, bear, a bad players, you know, didn't hit his irons very well. I lost, you know, a bunch on approach, but with, with the way that the play, players was, I, I really don't take much into account for that. But before that, I mean, he hadn't lost um, on approach since, June 28th of 2020, which was the Travelers. So he, he didn't lose any any approach in any tournament before the players just now. So I like Henley. I think, you know, he, he could do um, well here. Shorter course, you know, he can he can hit fairways, hit greens in regulation. He's got a pretty good track record here with an 8th, 20th, 24th the last three years. So he's another guy that I'm going to take a pretty good look at up top. Um, moving down the board, the 40 to, you know, 70 range, you got names in there like Cameron Davis, Ricky Fowler, Chris Kirk, Doug Gim, Adam Hadwin, Ian Poulter, Kevin Streelman, Dylan Fratelli, Matt Wallace, Benny on Glover, Matt Hughes, Matt Jones, Martin Keimer, 
bunch of other guys in there. Um, anybody in this range that uh, that's you got your eye on, AK? Yeah, there's a couple guys in this range that I'm looking at, but the one thing that stands out to me in this range is uh, someone I'm not going to bet on, but being Ricky Fowler is like the 12th best golfer for going into this week by the books is kind of uh, a yeah. word on how bad the field is. <laughs> how what, are, what, what do you make of Ricky? Like it is unbelievable to see how far he's fallen. I am a big Ricky fan and it sucks seeing it happen to him. But if you're not giving me 150 to one odds, I don't know how you can possibly even consider him. He, he's just playing so, so bad. Like he's not yeah. not hitting the ball well. He's not really he's doing not, anything well. Like I don't. He, might, he right. might make the Masters. Like because I know poorly. So all this <laughs> negative talk, he's going to come out and I know, do like to twelve under this weekend. <laughs> but there's a couple. There's a couple guys I like in this range. Um, I like Cameron Davis. I like Chris Kirk, uh, Brandon Wu, and then uh, my boy Adam Hadwin. I'll probably just bet him to make a cut, but that's all he seems to do is make the cut. Yeah, that is your boy. I was going to ask you about him. I kind of, I kind of, I'm never on him with you every single week. You're always like, hey, I'm playing that mad when he made all he does is make cuts. And I'm always like, man, he sucks. I'm not, I'm not, you know, going to play him on DraftKings and I'm not going to bet him. But he, he's actually been playing a little bit better as of recent. Um, you know, didn't didn't get an approach at the players, but he's never a great iron player. He's always, you know, hit fairways and then he just is a scrambling machine. He's great around the green and he's yeah. a great putter. Um, he gained, gained 4.8 strokes around the green at the players, 2.6 with the putter, um, slight gain off the tee at the players. So with a 29th finish. So I, I don't hate that actually, you know, maybe he's worth betting like a top 10, something like that potentially at this he's only played at the honda twice and that wasn't he didn't, hasn't played there since 2016 but pretty interesting spot for him where where i think around the green is going to be pretty crucial especially if the wind gets cranked up and he's a great right. player so that is interesting and the book i'm looking at has him at 75 to one so that makes it a little bit better if you do want to opt outright um yeah so that's not bad in the <laughs> You know, something like maybe even in like a top ten on him, five and a half to one at the right. I'm looking at. That's that's not that's not a bad um, look there. The other guy that I think did you mention Doug Gim? Um, I might have. I do like Doug Gim. I don't know if I missed him because I'm so high on my boy Adwin. <laughs> oh, uh, Doug Gim is locked on the book I'm looking at right now. That's probably why he didn't show up. Yeah, so I like I like Doug Gim. I bet him last week, and we talked about him how he you know, put two in the water and his day was over. He's 55 to one. I mean, the guy, he, he hit the ball great, you know, with the, the last tournament there at the players until the last day, then his approach kind of went to crap, but he, he is uh, in this field. I think that he can compete, right? I don't think that, you know, it's not Bryson DeChambeau up top. It's not Justin Thomas chasing him down. Um, you know, it's, it's not those guys. So I think he he's in a good spot. He can uh, he can make some noise. So he's on my short list. For I do like him a lot as well. Um, he kind of reminds me of when I was betting Adam or sorry Joaquin Neiman a couple of years ago before he got his first uh, tour victory. 
basically anytime over like 25 to one, I was betting Neiman because he was playing so well. And you knew it was just a time before he got his win. I can see Jim getting his first win this year. And uh, someone's going to cash a nice 60 to 71 ticket on him when it does happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one guy that I do like that's right by him too at 60 is Dylan Fratelli. So Fratelli, he had finished 22nd at the players. He, he didn't gain off the tee, which is, is kind of surprising. He's, he's usually pretty decent off the tee, but he gained 4.2 on approach and 6.3 around the green. Um, he's also played at the Honda a couple times, I think three times. Yeah. So three times a, a, a variety of finishes, 58th miscut in an, an 11th, but I'm glad that he's at least seen the course. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he has pretty good length off the tee, but he can club down here, hit a bunch of fairways. You know, if he keeps the hot irons up and again, in this field, I think he, he can compete, um, you know, and at 60 to one, I definitely, definitely don't mind that number whatsoever. Um, do you have anything as far as maybe 66 to hundred, anything in that range? Um, you know, you've got guys in there like a Luke list, Alexander Norn's a pretty interesting name. Um, I've heard KH Lee being thrown around by a lot of people. Uh, Matthew Neesmith, Rory Sabatini, HV3, Keith Mitchell, who won here previously, he fought off Ricky Fowler and Brooks Kapka actually for his win when he was here. But anybody from that like 70 to 100 range that you like? I like uh, Harold Varner the third a lot this week um, for a longer shot. Um, he's been playing pretty well this year besides putting. Um, his TD green is pretty outstanding so far this year. And I'm not really looking at people putting this week. I just want people that are not gonna shoot a triple bogey on me and go in the water. And I think Varner can do that. And he's had a couple collapses on Sundays. So hopefully with the weaker field, he might have the experience over someone. If it's not a Neiman or him, he's going against on Sunday. If it's another, you know, lower level player, I think he might have the Sunday confidence going against those guys. Yeah. I don't mind HV three. He's been, he's been striking the ball pretty decently. So that, that could be pretty interesting. Like you said, in this, it is field. It's not terrible. Um, Chez Reeve is a guy that I've heard thrown out a lot. He, he had a terrible week putting in the players. He missed the cut, but he lost like almost seven strokes or something like that putting. So he's interesting. I'll take a look at him at 90. Um, Cameron Davis, where is he? I just saw him, but Cameron Davis is somebody, and we might've already gone over him that I think I forgot to talk about, but Cameron Davis is somebody I'm yeah. interested in as well. He's just, I, I think he's got, the chance to be really good. Um, he, he comes out in the top 20 in my model right now for, through fantasy national. Um, you know, he lost strokes on approach in the players, but again, I'm not too worried about like if, if guys are losing strokes there, it, it's a wonky tournament, crazy stuff happens. So that doesn't, doesn't really bother me too much, but again, in this field, I think he could compete. He finished eighth here at the Honda last year and fifth the year before that. So he's a guy to definitely take a look at as well. Um, How's it going, man? Good, how's it going? So we'll we'll see you there. What's up? Sorry, are you the night guy? Yeah. Have a good one. You too. Another <laughs> little guest there. Oh man, I don't know who that was. You have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. 
Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> After uh, any bombs, any anybody a hundred or more that you like? There isn't really anyone I'm looking at that far down. Um, I know historically you do get a couple of huge bombs in this, but there's no one sticking out to me that I really like as of Tuesday night when we're recording this, but something could change by Wednesday when we release the picks on the Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to take a look to see what's down there. Nothing really caught my eye um, to begin with. The only person potentially is a guy, Pat Perez. So Pat Perez, I played him last week. Um, he was like five over the first day. He battled all the way back, and then he ended up missing the cut. But he hit the ball pretty well on that second day. He actually gained over two stroke, two two and a half strokes on approach on on the second day before missing the cut. So he he's over a hundred. He's somebody that I could end up taking um, a peek at and maybe throwing throwing some money down on him. But any other thoughts that you got um, before we um, close out with our picks? Right now, I also bet Neiman as uh, first round leader at okay. thirty three to one. I thought that was a ridiculous number for him to uh, just have a good opening round, and he played. He's been playing well, so I think he can come out hot. And thirty three to one, I love his value there. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take a look at the first round leaders. I haven't even checked those out yet. Um, Hopefully you can find something, find a Sergio again, like I did this past weekend. Oh, it's always a fun way to start the weekend. And I think uh, two weekends from now, just to, to, to give you a heads up, WGC starts on a Wednesday because of the match play, which that's a wonky tournament anyways, but we'll get there. when Yeah, we get. that's a, that's a but, tough tournament to bat. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, why don't you go through and just kind of give any picks that you're definitely going to make. Obviously, we'll have our card finalized. I always tweet that out on – uh, Wednesday afternoon, so you'll have that uh, on Wednesday afternoon once it's all finalized. Right now, my card, I have uh, Neiman winning, Neiman first-round leader, and Doug Jim to win. Um, those are my guarantees that I'm going to be batting this week. And then Harold Varner the third, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be playing some money down on him as well. Very nice. I think that right now I'm looking at Joaquin Neiman, again, if I can get him at that 16 number, Russell Henley potentially at 28, Doug Im at 55, Dylan Fratelli at 60. I think right now I'm definitely, I think I'm going to go Neiman, Gim, and Fratelli, um, and then maybe take a closer look at Henley and stuff, potentially even maybe a you know top five, top 10 with Henley. And we talked Adam Hadwin potentially with a top 10, something like that. Yeah. What he could do in this field. But um, like the, I said, have everything finalized and tweeted out. Betting Neiman just makes it hard just because it uses so much of my weekly capital yep. um, just because of his odds. But, you know, you got to make do. And sometimes yeah. you just got to bet heavy on one guy instead of spread the wall around. If we would have done that last week, we would have been having all the Justin Thomas monies. Yep. Instead, here we are, penniless, no Justin Tom and Thomas money. But uh, all right, yeah, I think that's good. Any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, one question for you, golf related. Uh, what yep. do you think of Rory destroying his swing trying to copy Bryson? Uh, I thought it was, first of all, I thought it was very interesting. And I guess I should have expected it from Rory because he is like, when with an interview, he's one of the honest, most honest guys. When it comes to his answers, he always is pretty thoughtful um, and, and gets good perspective on questions like that. But I thought it was pretty interesting that he would openly admit 
that he kind of got sucked into the the trying to you know speed up the swing to gain some length after seeing what Bryson did at the U.S. Open and then kind of admitting it wrecked his swing and that's kind of what happened. Um, I, I think that you you seen a lot of people trying to maybe want to to gain the the speed and, and the length and stuff. But I think that also goes to show you just like people like to get on Bryson for, you know, for a multitude of reasons, which I understand he's, he's, he is who he is though, but you also got to give him credit. I mean, the guy completely changed his body, completely changed his swing and he's making it work where other guys have tried and clearly they, they aren't making it work. It's hurt Rory more than anything, obviously that as we've seen. So it'll be interesting to see if Rory can get it back. I mean, yeah. you know, these guys, they, they're so fanatic. And with them, it's just, you know, millimeters. It's millimeters. Exactly. It's so minute that um, it changes everything. So be interesting to see if you can get it back. Hopefully it does. He's a good player. He needs to – he should be winning more than he does. But, yes, I agree there. I like him back just because uh, he, you know, carries a low number and gets a lot of other people better odds. Yeah, that's always true. I know that's somebody like that. I everybody's just withdrew from this. It was crazy. Brooks withdrew. Or not Daniel Berger. Sam Burns withdrew. Um, yeah, Burns was forty-five to one too because I liked him going into the week, and then after he withdrew, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what hurt Neiman's number was Brooks withdrawing, and then somebody else. And somebody was saying that Daniel Berger might have a minor rib injury too, so you might want to just keep an eye on that. That I, I think he's going to play. He played with it last week apparently, but. He potentially has a mild rib injury, so something to keep an eye on. But all right, good, good. All right, appreciate everybody being with us. This is the PGA Bet Show for Balling Over Beers. That's Kenny True Love on Twitter. I'm JDiz1617 on Twitter um, at Balling Over. Make sure you're checking us out. We appreciate everybody being here. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>